You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Blessings on this solemnity of St. Joseph, guardian of the Redeemer, patron of the Universal Church, spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I'm Father Brian Christensen, pastor here at the Our Lady of Perpetual Help Cathedral in Rapid City. And I'm here with Karen Gibis, uh, my co-host, and uh, we're off to a great morning. We are having a great, great morning. I just want to thank Father Tim for being with us, uh, Pastor of Blessed Sacrament, talking about this movement uh, from uh, Christendom to the Apostolic Age. And uh, again, uh, kudos and thanks to Monsignor Jim Shea for his beautiful insights and sharing that uh, in his book, from Christendom to the Apostolic Age. So, um, great. So this feast day, the solemnity of St. Joseph, uh, falls on a Friday in Lent. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can feast, we... feast and an abstinence, s- uh, you know. We're so lucky. Yeah. Well, we have uh, we were blessed uh, by some donuts here in the studio <laughs> today. So uh, we'll, have to, we'll I, have to just clearly say. Okay. So now, this is how... It has to the year of St. Joseph that it falls, Feast of St. Joseph falls in Lent, and it falls on a Friday, and we get to celebrate. Celebrate. Like, this is almost like God ordained the year of St. Joseph's, because mm-hmm. this Friday, I mean, okay, maybe that's... <laughs> he worked it all out. That's the mom in me who's like, how can we make the most of this <laughs> this whole year? But And I, I just have to say, my kids would be very disappointed if I didn't point out that St. Joseph is the terror of demons. Terror of demons. Great, great title for him, and that's how... their favorite. They they have to do it in a voice. You know, we say the litany, and it's like terror of demons. <laughs> Pray for us. You know, we have to do the voice change. You know, the the dramatic effect. So Saint Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us. Pray for us. Well, uh, Karen, we are joined on the line here this morning by Father Gerard Braun. He's from a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. So, Father uh, Gerard, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you today. Yeah, welcome to Real Presence Radio Live. I'm Father Brian Christensen. I'm here with Karen Gibis. Um, so uh, you're going to get us ready for this coming Sunday, um, the fifth Sunday in this Lenten season. Um, I hope to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, uh, and your priesthood and where you're serving. Yeah, I'm currently the pastor at St. Michael's Parish in Grand Forks, North Dakota. I've been here for about, excuse me, 17 years now, uh, ordained in 1985 for the Diocese of Fargo, and have been um, serving in several parishes uh, along the way, but uh, this has been where my longest uh, pastorate, um, great community. St. Michael's has been around since the 1870s, um, with the current beautiful edifice uh, church being built in 1909, so... Uh, oh, wow, the, beautiful. Mother uh, churches of the diocese, many people are, uh, see it as that, so, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you for your many, many years of service. So, 17 years as a pastor, I love that. I love that. I'm just here uh, three and a half years. Uh, I'd like to rival that uh, <laughs> if I let my bishop know that kind of stability is helpful, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a longer story behind it. Uh, normally, we move out every 12 years. That would be the maximum, but we were in the building process. And uh-huh. so we did a little 
Oh, so so after, when we get off air, you can give me a little tip, tidbits on how to bridge that gap. Sure. When, when should I start building? When should I be in debt? That no other priest wants to take over my job, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I do think there's something to be said about stability. I know, you know, we were talking earlier in the show with Father Tim Hoig, who was a vocation director uh, for years here in the diocese, and then I was also a vocation director. And one of the st- statistics that we see is that vocations out of parishes come um, at a greater number and more frequently um, mm-hmm. after the 10th year of a pastor's assignment. Yeah, I've heard something along that line as well. And there's a, I suppose there's an image of a father who's been there and walking with the families and uh, young people through the years that somehow touches them on another level. Uh, by yeah. The Holy Spirit. That's good. No, definitely, definitely. All right, well... Um, you know, we're in this year of St. Joseph. We're here today on the Solemnity of St. Joseph, but we're still in the Lenten season, and we're looking forward to this fifth Sunday in the, in the Lenten season. Um, could, you, uh, could you kind of share a little bit about um, where, where the Holy Spirit's taking you and, and where you see the Church guiding us in, in the week ahead? Um, great. Well, I um, was just doing some you know, exegesis, uh, some biblical study about the readings, and I often go to a, a wonderful um, biblical scholar who I appreciate is Dr. Brent uh, Petrie. Um, he um, is a university professor, I believe, out of Steubenville. I'm not sure where he's currently serving, but with Catholic Productions, they put out a, a, a great Bible study. So I've been reflecting on some of his um, um, thoughts this week, and um, we're moving into this uh, fifth week where we see Jesus in the Gospel, um, uh, being um, looked uh, looked for some some people to, uh, coming for the Jewish Passover from from all over the Roman world. You know the, the pilgrims who would come for Passover. You know hundreds of thousands literally would would flood the city. And two or some of them were some Greeks from Greece, and they were looking for Jesus. And so they go to Philip and Andrew, and and uh, and then who, by the way, um, they have Greek names and other Petrie. Um, uh, I mean, Dr. Petrie points out that that's um, already showing the Greek influence in that particular area. Nonetheless, um, they bring him to Jesus, and at which point Jesus says, um, now the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And <clears throat> so that particular statement from, um, from the Lord has a lot of depth to it regarding his hour that he's been speaking about through all of the Gospel of John. Kind of a kind of an arch um, uh, theme over the the gospel is referring to ultimately his crucifixion, death, and his resurrection. The hour of his passion, crucifixion, and resurrection. He's been in, um, in John's gospel right throughout. He's often talking about this hour. My hour has not mm-hmm. right right from the beginning when he talks to Mary at the wedding feast and came. My hour has not yet come. So yep. right through, we've been hearing about this hour, and now this is kind of a. Dramatic moment, I would say. You know, and now, now the yep, hour has come. Right? Yeah. Uh, Father, Father, I was just curious. I mean, uh, oftentimes throughout the gospel, whether in John or in synoptics, when uh, Jesus is asked a question, we don't always get a direct answer. And this this one strikes me <laughs> as in, in similar vein. We want to see Jesus. It seems like a pretty simple question. Philip goes to Andrew. Andrew and Philip goes to Jesus, and then Jesus goes into this very profound, dramatic moment. He doesn't seem to say, yeah, bring these guys in, or oh, yeah, I'd love to meet them. Sure, right. <laughs> yeah, the, the, of course, the Holy Spirit kind of very succinctly trying to give us uh, on, the, on the surface these words, but go have great depth going back to the Old Testament prophecies uh, 
you know, the, the time of the new covenant in Jeremiah would, would be when all the Gentiles would begin to come to, you know, to Jerusalem. And, and so this is that sign that these, these pagans, these Gentiles from outside of Jerusalem are coming to look for Jesus. That was, okay, now the hour has come. That, you know, this new covenant for the new, the new age where, you know, so um, yeah, no, that's great. Continue on because uh, yeah, you you mentioned that whole idea that, that Jesus is now revealing himself as this universal savior. Right now, the the Gentiles, the non-Jews, uh, are coming to him. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, because of course you know that the Jewish people for centuries saw themselves and they were the chosen people, but for a purpose that through them Christ would the, the Messiah would come. God would bring his his son. To eventually be the savior of all the world, all the nations would come. And I think that's somewhere in Jeremiah chapter 31 is one of the only explicit references that the nations will come. Now, even though it's, I think, in Zechariah, and uh, where it says something about, you know, there'll be Gentiles who want to just cling to a Jewish a person's cloak to say, bring me, you know, bring me to Jerusalem, which mm-hmm. again is a temple, and which is again a reference to Christ. He's the new temple, the, the true temple of, of God dwelling in him. Um, nonetheless, it's that prophecy that now now is a time for his hour to be fulfilled to bring the message of salvation to all the world. Um, and there's an interesting thing that happens here. Um, <clears throat> there's this voice that people hear in the gospel um, there um, where God says um, two things to him. I have glorified it because uh, Jesus says, Now, Father, the hour has come. Glorify my name I may have, um, I don't have the exact words in front of me, but but in reference to glorify my name, uh, your name, Lord, God says, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. And that's kind of an obscure reference, but the point being is um, that the first glorification of Jesus, that the Father glorified him, was his incarnation. Mm. When the glory, of, that is the praise of God the Father, comes about through his condescension in becoming man. That's a glorified moment in the life of Jesus. Um, and then the second glorification will be his crucifixion, death, and resurrection. To give glory to the Father by the sacrifice of his love. Um, and uh, well, I've got a Subaru calling in the background. I hope you're not hearing that beep going on. <laughs> no, anyway. we're good. We're good. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's kind of neat. Uh, and... You know, Father, yeah, Father, I just, I mean, you you raise a point here that just is so contrary to, uh, I'm guessing, first century, but certainly 21st century understanding of glory, that um, the Almighty Creator, uh, God of the whole universe, and everything that is and ever will be, um, becomes a incarnate in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, born in a stable, and then the other thing about glory, the other moment of glory that you mentioned is um, a man considered a criminal nailed to a cross, uh, you know, uh, on a hill outside of Jerusalem. I mean, they seem very contrary to our sense of glory. Yeah, how true. Yeah, that that in the eyes of an unbeliever, it was nothing but a Roman crucifixion, uh, an execution. But in the eyes of God, it's the glory of the Creator, and that He would again be willing to die out of his great love for humanity to save us. That's a profound glory of the Creator in his great love for us. 
Yeah, the tremendous love that he reveals. And that often the way that our God works, right? He reveals the power of his love in such hidden ways as the incarnation and it, under the guise of a common criminal that people walked past on that first Good Friday. Father, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back as we review the scriptures with uh, Father Gerard Braun from the Diocese of Fargo. Um, He's up there in Grand Forks. I hope it's warming up up there for you as it is here in Rapid City. We'll be back with Father and the Sunday scriptures right after this break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Now is the time to stand up for life and dignity in Minnesota. Hello, this is Archbishop Bernard Hebda. Join Catholics across Minnesota for Catholics at the Capitol, April 15th at the Cathedral of St. Paul. Be formed in the faith, informed on issues impacting life and dignity, and sent on mission to transform our state. We will celebrate Mass, hear from inspiring speakers, and head to the Capitol in a Eucharistic procession before meeting with legislators. Get your tickets at catholicsatthecapitol.org. Good morning. This is Father Brian Christensen. I am with Karen Gibis. And we are in Rapid City, South Dakota. At the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And we are going over the Sunday readings for the fifth Sunday in Lent. We're using uh, the readings from the cycle B, which is the cycle that we're in. You know, the Sunday scriptures are broken down in A, B, and C cycles. Um, Some of your parishes may be actually reading from the A readings uh, for the RCIA, but um, most of many parishes uh, are using this cycle of B. And we're joined by Father Gerard Braun from the Diocese of Fargo, um, who's breaking down this beautiful passage from John chapter 12, where some Greeks uh, come to see Jesus, um, and then Jesus reveals some powerful um, truths about who he is and where we are in this great moment, this great drama of salvation. And we also get to hear the Father's voice as well. So uh, welcome back, uh, Father Gerard, to Real Presence Live. 
Thank you. Good to be with you again, Brian and Ken. That was Brian, so. Yeah, yeah. No, that was very good. You were just talking about glory uh, and this moment of glory uh, and uh, and the Father's voice. Why don't we just pick up there where we hear, or, and also, not only does Jesus hear the Father's voice, but all those who are surrounding him at this moment. Yeah, there uh, sounds like, a, some of them say it sounds like thunder. They weren't sure. And then Jesus says, uh, um, no, my Father has spoken this and for for the purpose of now revealing um, his glory has come. Um, and uh, uh, speaking about the 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 the, 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 uh, the um, oh, what's the line? The uh, the ruler of this world will be cast out. Ah, right. Uh, the ruler of the world will be driven out or cast out. Yeah. Yeah. And then that refers, in a sense, to um, an exorcism. Um, and I, we were chatting just over the break that. Um, in Matthew and Mark and Luke's gospel, there are several times where Jesus does exorcisms, expelling evil spirits from people and demons. And in the gospel of John, you never see a particular exorcism like that. But um, again, Dr. Petrie points out that the exorcism in the gospel of John is literally the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because through that, his sacrificial death and resurrection now the power of the evil one, Satan, is destroyed. Death is now overcome because of the resurrection, and evil is overcome through his compassionate mercy to forgive sins for those who believe and, and trust his healing love. So it's a powerful moment, yeah. Yeah, no, it, yeah, just uh, like you said, this sense of exorcism, this power over uh, over the, the enemy of our human nature. And Jesus also refers to that idea of being lifted up from the earth, uh, which I think was, uh, um, we just, ref- you know, that re- sense of, um, was it last week's gospel where he talks about being lifted up uh, as well with regard to re- reference to Moses lifting up the serpent in the desert and those who look upon him um, will have that salvation, will have that healing, will have life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think uh, last week was interesting that Moses lifted up a serpent, which was an, an evil thing that was killing the people, kind of going back to the, you know, the serpent in the Garden of Eden that, the, that the, um, deceived us, the evil one. <clears throat> but that when Jesus is lifted up, the comparison between those two symbols, the serpent being lifted up as evil, Christ is being lifted up who's not evil, but yet he becomes a sin bearer. He mm-hmm. takes on our evil, our sin upon himself. And uh, that's where the beauty of that is, is um, gosh, is uh, is being willing to take on our sin and die for us. Uh, and then to look upon him with faith and trust to believe it is our salvation. We're saved. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's one other thing, Father Brian. I, I was fascinated by the gospel of, uh, not the gospel, but the, the second reading in, in the Sunday's readings and from the book of Hebrews, um, where there's that passage that talks about um, the son, though he was, talking about Jesus, he, um, oh, that's a time to quote exactly here. In the days of flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard for his godly fear. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. <clears throat> and, um, you know, through the, through the years of my priesthood, you know, on journey, I've never quite understood what that was, that he had to 
How did he have to be made perfect through suffering? Right. How did he be, yeah. How did how did the Son of God, you know, mm-hmm. have to be made perfect? So, uh, do you have some insights for us today? Because well, a lot of people yeah, do I'm, ask that same question. Yeah, and I'm appreciative of, of Dr. Petrie, but first of all, he points out elsewhere in Hebrews chapter five that of all the book letters in the New Testament, Hebrews is emphatic that Jesus never sinned. Um, you know, it says. Um, uh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries to him who was able to save him from death. Oh, that was done, so quoting the same verse again. But at any rate, he points out in that reading that no, he never sinned. But then mm-hmm. he goes deeper into, well, what does the word perfect mean? And here he said, knowing Greek makes all the difference because, and understanding the context of how the word Greek, the Greek word is used. So I'm not going to get into the technical stuff too much, it's just the word teleo, and it could mean, yes, to be made perfect, to be made full again, whole, complete. But in the context of the book of uh, Leviticus, in the whole chapter almost, is describing the ordination rite for the priesthood of Levi. Mm. And so it literally says that the priest will be teleo, made perfect, through his ordination, in, in so many words. That's what it's getting at. Thus, when that, used, that word is used for... For the author of the book of Hebrews, he's describing Christ's ordination, Mm. in a sense. What ordination? He's the high priest who went to the cross, not not like the Levitical priesthood that would sacrifice animals like bulls and whatnot to God, but Christ, the high priest, who himself is the sacrifice. And he is our high priest, his ordination, so to speak. He's made perfect through that. And then he said, unfortunately, it's not written into the lectionary, the next verse was very critical, he said, because then it talks about the priesthood of, of Melchizedek. Uh-huh. That um, that he's designated the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, it says. That line is left out in the lectionary, but he said that's sure. critical. And uh, because that's, he's not a Levitical priesthood, he's the high priest of Melchizedek, uh, who has its origin from above. For his origin from above, and then as you mentioned, you know, the whole letter to the Hebrews is so beautifully unpacking that priesthood of uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, here mm-hmm. he's at the altar of the cross. He's the high priest, and he's also the perfect victim, the yeah. unblemished lamb offered to the Father for our sins and our salvation. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's beautiful. That's great, a great insight about the ordination. Like so, so you know, I mean, just in just in practical terms, for priests in the ordination rite, that they lay down their lives literally. They lay down on the floor of the sanctuary mm-hmm. before the altar uh, of sacrifice mm-hmm. um, in 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 union and participation with the high priesthood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So- Amen. Yeah, those are a couple of thoughts that I was kind of reflecting on and looking at the Sunday's readings. And Good, course, as you think about... Yeah, that, yeah go know, ahead. I was just going to... apply that to our own hearts is, is just realizing, you know, to, yeah, put our faith in this loving God who is our high priest, our sacrifice, our salvation, and to really adore and worship and uh, to see that all the world has to come to Him. There is no salvation outside of Jesus Christ and His Church and... So it's a beautiful way of trying to realize um, all people must somehow be open to His mercy in some way, at some level. 
Amen. Especially when you talk about, you know, kind of the, the sacramental life, you know, that uh, it's been a real struggle for many, many Catholics across the, uh, the, the world uh, to be participants in the sacramental life because of the COVID situation. Um, and now we're starting to see in various places um, and then across our listening area here on Real Presence Radio um, an opening up of our churches and people returning to the sacra- sacramental life. Uh, mm-hmm. Yesterday, uh, just hearing confessions uh, at a local parish uh, for what they call Mercy Night, uh, we were hearing confessions for three hours and there were many people that were coming back for the first time in 13, great. 14, 15 months, you know, to, so they could be prepared uh, as yeah. we open up here in the Diocese of Rapid City to, um, to bring people back to the Eucharist um, Palm uh-huh. Sunday. How, how, how are things in the Diocese of Fargo with regard to sacramental life and church yeah. and masses? Well, um, uh, like yours, Diocese Rapid City, we're fairly rural in a sense, so that helped us. And um, we, uh, at least at our state, somewhat had some um, um, latitude with the church worship that allowed people to come into, you know, beyond certain numbers. Um, but still, with safe distancing and whatnot, we were able to, I think, maybe had 40% of our people back last fall when we did some of those counts that we do every fall. Sure, uh, 40 sure. 50%, and it seems much better now. I'd say we're in the close to the 60 70% mark, hopefully. Okay. Um, on there. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, and people still, you know, concerned and, and still wearing masks to a degree, and but slowly our bishop has given permission to take down the, 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 the ropes that separate pews, things like that. And right, so, yeah, right. people are coming back slowly, and, and, and it is good to see people. It's just, you see them, you say, hey, welcome back. <laughs> it's kind of a joyous reunion, so to speak. And, yeah, two yeah. weeks ago I saw folks that had, hadn't been around for a long time and kept in contact with them through messaging mm-hmm. and online, that kind of stuff, but uh, hadn't really seen them. Saw them at Mass two weeks ago and just was so excited to see them. I was like, hey, welcome back. And um, mm-hmm. they actually were like, thank you for welcoming us back. You know, it's been a long time we've been... Um, you know, they had just gotten, you know, they were older couple, they had just gotten their vaccinations or whatever. And so they just felt, you know, it was time to come, come back to the Eucharist. So it was just a great joyful moment. So, but I'm sure there'll be many of those in the, in the weeks ahead across our listening area as, uh, as some who have not been able to, uh, and I think some who just fell into bad habits over the COVID period of time, uh, to return to Mm -hmm. great graces, great graces of our great high priest, um, oh, Jesus Christ. Any final comments, Father, before we go? No, let's just um, thank you for the invitation to, to share a little bit with you all and, and help journey in our faith, but uh, we continue to pray that that through this, God's grace will, will help us rebound even stronger um, in, in these, in these um, challenging times. Um, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you, Father Gerard Braun, from uh, up there in Grand Forks in the Diocese of Fargo. We ask you your blessings upon you and your your congregation as we go into these final weeks of the Lenten season. Thanks for your insight on Scripture, and God bless you, and have a great day. Thank you, Father Ryan. You too, and Karen. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, we are going to be back after a short break talking about a phenomenal experience between Father Brian and one of his parishioners about the Feast of St. Joseph, a way to wrap up our show here on the Feast of St. Joseph, talking about a beautiful image that you need to get on right now before we go to break. Go on to Facebook, find Real Presence Radio Network, and look up this image so you are prepared for when we come back right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 